and welcome to The Solve Network. My name is Shane Borza, and I'll be your host. Along with my co-founder, Benjamin Goss, we'd like to welcome you. Our mission is to provide solutions and create a network of experts for you to learn from. Now, this show is a little different than most podcasts, as it is actually a live call held twice a month. If you can, please join us on the first and third Thursday of each month so you can get your questions answered live and direct from the experts themselves. If you're an expert, please contact me at shaneborza.com so you can be a part of the network. And now, here's our show. Thank you all who are listening. We have another mastermind group call this evening from the Salt Network. We have a special guest, Richard Walsh, with us today, who is the author of Escape the Owner Prison. He's also a speaker and a blogger, and I'm really excited for you all to meet him and have him kind of educate us on some of the things he's learned with his practices and his development of businesses over the years. We did have a great article on our blog, which you can see at thesolnetwork.com. It's called Speed Attracts Money. I encourage you all to read that. And I'm going to be taking notes on this conversation. So for those of you who have not joined us live, you can read that blog and also see more about Richard and his site and his book, which I'll include all those in the show notes. Hi, I'm Shane Borza, a climber, creator, and coach. And I want you to build the skill of health and fitness. My new course is a priceless gift to you, and it's available exclusively on PonoQuest.com. That's P-O-N-O-Quest.com. Build the Skill is a minimalistic, functional, real-world fitness program, which can help you to move better and get stronger faster. I can't wait for you to check it out. And when you do, please let me know how it helps you. That's build the skill at PonoQuest.com. So without further ado, I'd like to let Richard step in and take over. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Really, really great to be here. I love, uh, I just love sharing my message and uh, I appreciate the opportunity, first and foremost. Uh, yeah, my, okay, so my, my best selling book is called Escape the Owner Prison The Contractor's New Way to Scale, Regain Control, and Fast Track Growth While Loving Life. Great little subtitle there. Uh, put this together just based on my story. I've got about 30 years uh, being in business for myself. Uh, first 20. It's going along pretty good till about 2009, you know, so if you were around in business since then, you probably experienced along with most of us, you know, I had a complete collapse and failure in my business um, for a multitude of reasons, not just a bad economy, though that was the, the, the giant final knife, the giant final nail in the coffin that, that uh, put it all to rest. And it was pretty crushing. Uh, at the time, married six small children, five years and younger. Uh, pretty crazy. Again, I have, I'm the best at what I did, one of the biggest in the country. I was a water feature installer, uh, artist, steel sculptor, inter- internationally recognized, all that great stuff. Um, and then things just kind of crashed. Uh, in one day on a phone call, I remember the day, November 5th of 2008, my phone started ringing. It was the day after the election that year. And I had about a half a million dollars lined up already for the spring of work, which is really good for November. And, uh, you know, so I probably would have hit about $4 million, 4 to $5 million that year, uh, the following year, um, just on a kind of an end. Things were already slow. But um, the phone started ringing, and everyone's, well, we're pulling the plug. We're pulling the plug. We can't do it. we got to sit on the money. We're not going to do it. And this was 
the whole country. Okay, this was, everyone was terrified. If you guys were, again, in business, remember that time, no one spent the dime. Yeah, I mean, the walls closed up so hard. I mean, it was I, I went the whole day on the telephone and I got done. I just looked over my office manager. I'm like, it's over. It is finished. Okay, we are done. I mean, we were a luxury item. Okay, people didn't have to have a pond in their backyard. Okay, <laughs> wait on that, you know. The goldfish were going to be okay. You know, so it <laughs> wasn't that big of a deal for them. But, you know, my, my thing started at 10000 I do ponds for twenty, fifty thousand, eighty thousand, hundred thousand dollars customized swimming pools and um it was done and i really was like wow what are we going to do we're already going into the slow season but then what's going to happen in the spring so we limped along in uh 09 uh doing a little here a little there again somebody it was i mean it was over okay there's just nothing so by the end of the summer i pretty much had to pull the plug i mean i had to you know let go of my entire crews guys who've been with me 10 years never missed a day of work phenomenal guys my office made everyone i just shut it down i really started to realize for myself was you know, I worked endless. Okay. I did everything. Okay. I mean, I had an office manager. Finally, I had started making some good changes, but I pretty much had to do everything I felt. Um, so I'd work 16 hours a day, 18 hours a day, whatever it took. I was doing things six, seven days a week. I know family, this was difficult. Okay. I mean, they didn't see me. What I did realize at this time with this, with the strain, I kind of was home a little bit more. I started to realize that with my children, my wife, especially my kids, you know, I realized, you know, I'm pretty sure they don't care what I drive. You know, they don't care, you know, how big my trucks are. They don't care how many jobs I'm doing. They, all they want to do is to, like, be with me. I literally, they all chased me and I run in the door. They literally, there was times when they ran down the driveway chasing my truck and I left. I mean, crying. It was like, it was, <laughs> it was kind of sad, you know, but I'm like, I got to go to work. And, uh, and that was kind of my big epiphany. Like, man, I am doing all this for this fame and glory you know, and money, and it didn't really even matter because it all disappeared. No one else cared about my family glory. My kids still loved it when I came in the door. So to me, that I'm like, okay, I got to do something about this. Um, I was, you know, truly trapped. Like I used the title, you know, I was, I was in a prison. I was shackled to my business. I had to do everything. I couldn't escape. I couldn't take vacations. You know, I made a lot of money, but there it was, just making a lot of money. I had nothing else for life. I had no life balance at all. Um, loved what I did. I didn't have a problem working. I loved to work, but I just, I started realizing like, man, if I kept this, if I kept this path going, the only thing my kids are going to learn is businesses first. You know, it's above all else. And for me, that would have been an unbelievable sacrifice. So the great blessing that came out of it for me was realizing like, okay, well now all that's gone. Now what are you going to do? Well, we literally lost our house. We had to move. We changed states. We did the whole thing. So it was it was pretty traumatic all the way around. But I'm like, well, I got to learn from these mistakes. Okay, we got to get started over again. I don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't want I didn't want my identity to be in my business anymore. You know, when I wanted a vehicle, because to me, being self-employed, owning, being a business owner is the greatest economic engine in the world. Okay, you can create whatever you want if you have that ability to offer a product or service or whatever the case. So I just had to get back into that. So I had to figure out what I was going to do and move forward. Did that. It was great. I started learning from what I did, put things together, achieved success again, did a couple different businesses, grew them. That was great. And then I'm like, no, the important thing is I just didn't want anyone else to go through this. Okay, how can I help? I've got, you know, now I have 30 years now of experience, both failing and succeeding, which all business owners do. And if you've never failed, you either haven't been in business very long 
or you're a liar. <laughs> so we all make mistakes, usually daily. Okay, so uh, with that, I'm like, how can I help other people? So I said, no, I'm just going to make it my life's work, you know, to like help guys escape the owner prison. So I wrote the book. I knocked that out. Well, this is cool. Give me all the steps piece by piece here. Face what you do. And now I've created curriculum and I have programs and I can bring people in. And I can turn their businesses around and I can show them how to establish whether they're brand new or they've been in five or 10 years. You know, I can start doubling profits and revenues and, but really about systematizing building processes and showing the importance about that, about laying a real foundation for their business going forward. Uh, Cause most people as entrepreneurs, we have strengths and weaknesses, we usually have a wheelhouse. Most guys like me, I'm on the trades and service industry. These guys were technicians who became business owners. That's usually the case. Hey, I'm a really good carpenter. I can do better than this guy that I'm working for. I'm going to start my own thing. People like my work. Okay, they start a business. Well, guess what? They're still swinging a hammer 10 years later. All right? And that's not being a business owner. That's being a glorified employee. You know, and you got four different hats you're wearing. You're trying to do the admin. You're trying to, you know, make sure your taxes are getting paid quarterly or monthly. All your estimated. You're, you're, you're doing payroll. You're, you're, you're delivering materials to a job site. You're hauling the trash. You know, you're cleaning the toilets in the office. You know what I mean? You're doing everything. And there, and again, now no vacations, no money. Your guys make more money than you, at least more consistently, right? So it, it, that's the trap. That's the prison that they're in. Now they think they're free. It's kind of that false sense of freedom because they've got their own business and they're running they make their schedule except their schedule is every hour of every day including when they're sleeping and they're dreaming about it you know so that that becomes part of the prison right so what i've done now is show well this is you know how do you get out of it you know whether again you're five years in or it's your first day you know how do you build how do you relay a new foundation let's say you've been in business four years and you're going but again you're doing all those things that i just said and now we want to there's no light at the end of the tunnel, you know? So one of the first things I do, of course, is I begin with an exit strategy, all right? So I always encourage this in my book and my programs that people have to start with the end in mind, right? So if we're going to do, if I want to, okay, I'm going to have a business. That's great. I want to make lots of money. That's not very specific. The word lots is not a very mathematical term, okay? So I always encourage people to get a real number for this kind of stuff, uh, but you, you pick it. You pick. Uh, you pick what's enough, right? How much is enough? Whether that's a dollar amount, time, whatever the case. So that, to me, what I've really honed in is when we spend specific time on an exit strategy. Like, okay, I know in ten years, I'm going to need fifty thousand dollars a month in passive income. It has nothing to do with my business, right? So I'm going to create a pass- passive income stream. It's going to be $50,000 a month. In 10 years, I want to build my business so I can sell it for $3.5 million. That'll be my minimum asking price for my business. Right? And that'll get me out. Again, I'll have my passive income. I'll have that sale. I can move on to another business, you know, or I can hit the links or whatever I do. I'm not a retirement guy. I will never retire. I will just move on to the next thing. That's just how I, that's how I function. But whatever your exact plan is, and it's a very detailed plan, how are you going to get this passive income? What kind of investment strategies? You're going to have to pay attention to them. What's the plan on that? Because that then, when you look at that, it drives all your decision-making processes in your business. Right? All of a sudden, you just don't buy that piece of equipment because it's a nice piece of equipment, like I used to do. No, it's only 50000 for a skid steer, you know, track skid steer, new home, and I'm going to buy it. I got the cash. Don't move. 
really don't move. Okay, it doesn't help your exit strategy. Okay, you can rent that thing for like four hundred dollars a month. You know, what I mean? so you don't need to you don't need to drop the fifty grand on it, right? So you you put that money into your, your exit strategy. So again, it just brings you back to really understanding what your business needs to do from a profit standpoint, right? So we always want to think about it. Well, how am I going to generate? This revenue from the business to put into my investment portfolio, whatever that is, you know, how am I going to grow that? Because I have to reach a certain number at a certain time. So, again, all your decision making is brought back to that strategy to grow your business. Right. So it kind of simplifies it for you, but it also gives you a very direct path. And then I always also one other thing I always bring it back to is discussing with your family. If you're married, you have kids, whatever it is. A mistake that I always made was my wife didn't have a lot of interest in what I did. She wanted to raise kids, get the house, and that's all good. But she wasn't interested. But if they don't understand the path that you're on, because things are going to get bumpy, no matter how good you put everything in place, things are going to be bumpy. You got to have those. They're the only cheerleaders you're going to have. Friends are great when everything's going good. They tend to disappear when things start going pretty bad. Okay, your family's going to be there, but if they understand the path and the goal and the time frames, you know they can give you the encouragement you need. They're not going to be around, around every day, but they're going to know that you've got a plan, and you're just not flying by the seat of your pants that a lot of entrepreneurs do. You know, we all just we're going to make it happen. I need five grand. I'll find a way to five, five, make make five grand. You know what I mean? We all have done that. You know, we all do it. That's just part of being an entrepreneur. That's kind of part of our makeup. And that's okay. That's a good thing because it can, again, it can help you fire up that economic engine and make things happen. So, um, again, so that's one, just one of the many strategies that I have um, in my programs that really help guys get in tune on what they're doing. You know, it gives them real focus. And I think that's a, that's a, um, a critical element that, again, as entrepreneurs, I wrote another blog on shiny object syndrome, right? We love the shiny little things. We want to go, oh, I can go make money over here. I can do this. I can do that. We never kind of make the main thing the main thing. You know, we do tend to get distracted on opportunities. You know, being an entrepreneur, you're an opportunist usually. You know, you see opportunity. You want to fulfill it. You want you see a problem. You want to solve a problem. You want to benefit from it. That's all good, but it does make a lot of a lot of small business guys that I know and I help are I'm doing this and this and this. And I'm like, whoa, you've got like six different things that aren't even related to each other. Okay, you're not even able to create, they they need to all add into the same pot. You can't run three different companies, you know, mediocre. You pick one and be awesome at it. And once you've mastered that and speak, the main thing is driving solid and hard and constant income is totally like then you can look at the next stream of income you know so it's it's a big detractor for a lot of guys in business i don't know if you guys have seen that stuff in your consultations or people you deal with i'm sure that you know it's just it's a it's a like it's like a plague okay <laughs> the guys the guys just and you're excited to build that business to get going and then they're just shooting off to another thing and another thing and another thing and it's it's you got to rein those guys in that's kind of what we do on our coaching and stuff like that and we keep these guys keep the reins a little tight keep them focused keep them getting better and better at what they do and it makes a huge difference in the long run you know because there's that great saying you know most people overestimate what they can get done in a year and they underestimate what they can accomplish in five years. You know, most entrepreneurs are looking at that one-year gap. I'm going to make money. I'm going to, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to knock it out. When they don't in a year, they're bummed out. That's when the shiny object stuff comes. 
they think they can jump on the next one because it's going to, oh, I can make things faster with that. That's an even better idea. You know, and that's where they tend to fall down. Um, so we really try to, you know, like I said, rein people in and help these guys understand that they have a great idea. You know, if they've done the research, developed their product or the service or whatever it is, how can they be the best at what they do? How can they outdo the entire marketplace? How can they bring the most value, you know, to the marketplace, to their product, to their service, that they can command a market share? No matter what that, you know, no matter how cluttered that market is, how can they stand above it? You know, I mean, obviously there are times when you when a, when a market may be overcrowded, you know, maybe you just don't want to do it. You don't have enough, you don't have enough differentiating um, uh, uh, positions in your business offerings that are going to separate you from the massive pack. So it might not be a good idea. You know, so that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. And what I do and kind of what the book is about um, and how we help people and Again, being trapped in the owner prison, escaping the owner prison is really about, for me, in a nutshell, what I say is you want to work on your top 5%, okay? You want to work on the 5% of the business only you can do. You as the owner, okay? Anyone can clean a toilet. Anyone can install a roof, can fix a pipe, okay? Can put in ductwork. Anybody can do that. Yes, you may be the greatest on the planet at it. Okay, I'm not taking that away from anybody, but no one else knows or cares. Okay, duck work is duck work, a roof is a roof. Okay, I mean, if there, no one's going to see the tiny bit of difference that your expertise, just like me as an artist, I was just that much better at placing stone and doing this, but no one really noticed except me. You know, I let my guys build it, knock the thing out, homeowners were just as thrilled, just as happy. I was now free. I was free to do something else like on the business. So if I'm the only guy who understands the marketing and the vision of the business currently, that's where I focus my time. You know, we're, we're, what that top 5% that's going to enable me to grow my business, to market my business and drive that forward, that's what, as an owner, I want to focus on. That's how you grow a business. You know, so again, we create systems, processes, we put the right people in place, we delegate, we bring them in, and then we're able to grow. But if I've got to deliver the materials, get on the job, swing a hammer, you know, do everything else, how are you possibly going to grow? You cannot leverage your time in a situation like that. So that's what we teach. I'd like to offer a parallel to what you were talking about. As soon as you started talking about 2009, it brought me back to uh, I was involved in the real estate and real estate development industry and that was the summer, obviously, that the bubble burst and everything fell apart. So I have a similar story from that. And, and like you said, it, it, was, it was very traumatic. We went, like, no joke, my business partners and I, so, so there was four of us, and we each had a specialty. So I was the property manager, we had a real estate agent, we had a loan expert, and then we had a builder. And so to, we decided to all come together so we could have a one-stop shop and people could come in and get custom homes built and we'd sell them the land or either the what property and the, all the things. And we had a bunch of subdivisions going and we grew like doubled, doubled, doubled year after year after year. And we, at the beginning of 2009, I'm just going to uh, tell this uh, little story. We were not joking, talking about buying a helicopter. Because the office building we were in, there was a helipad on the roof because they were like, these are high-end executive buildings and like, you never know. And we were thinking, 
if we had a client come in and we sit, sat them down and showed them the proposal, they might, they might buy, they might be interested. But imagine if instead we said, Hey, let's go up to helipad on the roof. We'll fly over the subdivision and we'll show you a lot we think would be good for you. Like who would say no to that? Everyone's going to say yes to that. And then a few quarters later, we're all going bankrupt, losing our houses. You know, the cars are getting repossessed. I was living in one of the properties that I was property managing as the, uh, you know, home, uh, home care person. So it, it was quite a fall from grace for all of us, but we learned a lot. And so I think that sometimes not only are those great stories to tell because other people can latch on to the parallel that happened to them in your story, but also it shows that if you set things up correctly and have that kind of exit strategy that you spoke of from the beginning, that was not anything that we had thought of. We were just so excited to get going and dive in. And then, of course, it's the problem of you're in the pool and now what do you do? Well, you learn how to swim, you know, on the fly. And all you're thinking about is the next stroke. So I was really glad to hear your story because it resonated with me, but then also starting off with the um, exit strategy, I think it was really great. So I wanted to ask, because you had a couple key things there, I was kind of furiously taking notes. You went from kind of, uh, you know, exit strategy, beginning there, and then the shiny object syndrome, and then, you know, kind of identifying the market and focusing on you know, your top 5%. So um, I'm just curious, are there more steps or is that kind of the kind of overview of your program? There's more steps. You know, I would say in the program, I've got about 12. It's basically a 12-step. They go, like, like my program is a 16-week course that you'll take, you know, weekly. And I've got 12 in there and there's coaching, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of steps to this. Like it's, it's the, it's like, I was in a group the other day talking, they were talking about business plans. You know, what do you think? I'm like, well, most of them are inadequate. Most of them don't help any entrepreneur. You know, they do it because they have to get a loan or something. You know, they, they don't really do it to plan their business because it doesn't fulfill any reality for them. And it certainly doesn't teach them anything of a real business. It's like some professor in a class came up with this thing who's never even run a business. You know, and again, well, the bank will like it. Well, they, they don't even like it. They don't even like entrepreneurs, okay? <laughs> Let's face it, you know, unless you've got serious, you know, you know, serious collateral, okay, they're not even going to talk to you, all right? So, um, so what I did was I created this whole course, again, solving all my problems, creating the book, basing off the book, but then going in the deep, a real deep dive and everything, and then realize, wow, this is, when you complete this, again, there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of work. Okay, but you will be so, so dialed in on not only what to expect, but how to overcome it. You know, so you don't get you go, don't get roadblocked. It's only a speed bump. We just slow a little bit, go over and we keep going. Okay, speed bumps don't stop people. They just slow them down. You know, hurdles can stop people. A wall can stop someone. You know, basic business plans create their own walls. You know, or or, or or you get blindsided by a wall that you never knew would be coming. Because no one's adding real-world experience to those plans. You know, if they are, it's from 40 years ago or something, you know, and it's, it's a different world today. You know, so that is exact. yeah, there's definitely more to it. Like I said, I've got the, I've got the 12 to get you started. You know, and it's, it's a very detailed, deep dive. Um, and I love that because for me... I wasn't that super planner. Like you, you just think it's never going to end. 
you're making money hand over fist like I used to do too. I mean, I was like, man, I, I mean, my margins were unbelievable. Okay, <laughs> I was making it, and it was, people were like, my, my dad almost stopped talking to me because I was making so much money. He's like, you, you can't, I, I can charge whatever I want. No one can do what I do. <laughs> so I'm making a lot of money. It's great. This is a lot of fun. But when you think it's never going to end, okay, that's going to be your first punch in the face. Okay, because it's going to end. Okay, <laughs> you got to be ready for that. So that's that's part of my giant plan. Is like you were saying, actually building, laying a foundation that can that can weather that stuff. I mean, there's businesses that have been around for 100 years, 150 years. Why? Because they had plans. They executed this stuff. They understood. They stayed on course, and they got to weather a gazillion recessions and depressions and everything else. Scene one, Apple, take one. Hi, I'm Shane Borza, your content creator coach. I have two books on filmmaking, Film Notes, where you learn to write, direct, and produce, and the Film Notes Workbook, where you can learn checklists and paperwork to streamline creating your content. Available at shaneborza.com. I also have filmmaker resources like the Paperwork Bundle with over 300 documents, the Sound Effects Bundle with almost 3,000 files, and the music bundle featuring 900 tracks of all genres. Want to build your professional credits? Become an associate producer and get listed on IMDb. Let me help you get your art out into the world. Scene one, Apple, take one. Please join us on the next episode when we will have a Q&A with Richard Walsh and we will talk more to him about his tips and tools for you to be a successful entrepreneur. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Solve Network. As a reminder, these calls are held live on the first and third Thursday of each month. If you'd like to join us as either a listener or guest expert, please contact me at shaneborza.com. On behalf of my co-founder, Benjamin Goss, we're glad you are a part of the network and hope you are finding solutions. If you need solutions, please reach out.